Hey everyone, happy Monday, or you should be listening to the new episode on Monday, that is. Yeah, if you're not, you're a slacker. Yeah, you need to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Gina Vogie, And this is Melinda Collins, and we are Blonde Moments Podcast. And we're here for your weekly entertainment. Are you not entertained? <laughs> <laughs> Which we have found out as Gladiator. Oh, yeah. and you know what, too? On last week's episode of Urban Dictionary Words, I was trying to remember the movie where the actor was getting a gummy. Remember the lady like flips out her dentures? Yes. It's and I Yes it was, Man. It was what? Yes Man. I don't think I've seen that. And it's so funny because he's like, hmm, okay, because he has to say yes to everything. It's a cute movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. So I'll have to watch that. You know, I'm flying in tomorrow going to Vegas, I always download stuff to watch on the plane. Mm -hmm. So maybe if it's on Netflix, I can download it. I don't know if it is or isn't, but it's a cute movie. It's with Jim Carrey and the girl from New Girl, Zoe Deschanel. Oh, oh, I like her. And Bradley like Cooper's in it. He's a small role. And you will enjoy it. So I have to make fun of you. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> because you sent me that fucking screenshot of Nickelback. Yeah, you're welcome. Saying Their new Friday, album. 814. Well, did you look into this? No. Prepare yourself. Okay, because I have, I'm really not that big of a Nickelback fan. Well, you had sent me the screenshot of this, so I thought maybe you were real excited. Nope. No, <laughs> I was just trying to be funny, but okay. About what Nickelback was dropping on Friday, 814. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is not, in fact, a new album. What they dropped was a horrible, and I mean horrible, cover of The Devil Went Down to Georgia. No. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Girl, I... I Went through the torture of watching the video they made of this too. Oh God! And which was animated. Torture me with the video, which was an animated video. Animated. Yes, it's an animated cartoon devil. I'm gonna make you listen to some of it. Oh. And li <laughs> it sounds like a terrible rock version of a Christmas song. I... All right, I'm all for D now. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's like a cheesy animated devil playing the guitar. You know what is funny to think about? That? I mean, obviously, I've lost, not lost respect for him. It, this is funny to even talk about. But like the whole Avril Lavigne music that she was releasing that he was a part of, that was terrible. This is even worse. You can't get much lower than this. <laughs> Well, nobody wanted to see his face anymore, I guess, because he was voted, you know, ugliest man in rock music. So he's like, well, I might as well animate my videos yeah. from now on. An animated devil playing the guitar. Poor guy. So this article about it says, <laughs> <laughs> despite the isolation of the global pandemic and their perceived lack of current cachet, people have time to hate Nickelback together. <laughs> <laughs> which the internet demonstrated again on August 10th when Nickelback piqued people's interest with a single tweet, a red square, its name in all caps, the text Friday 814. Well, I will tell you, somebody had retweeted it. That is the only reason I saw it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this is funny. Mm -hmm. I, You know what? <laughs> I won't even touch my phone right now. You go on my Twitter and look through who I follow. You won't see Chad. You won't see Nickelback. You won't even see Avril Lavigne. Was it a new album? A tour amid social distancing rules and the pandemic? And the pandemic? Pandemic. Pandemic. What arrived on Friday to make 2020 all the more painful was a Nickelback cover featuring <laughs> Canadian artist Dave Martone of the late singer-songwriter Charlie Daniels' number one country hit, The Devil Went Down to Georgia. In true Nickelback cringe mode... <laughs> 
Chad Kroger's gravely tone-deaf voice destroyed the classic tune over guitar riffs that sounded like car tires screeching on pavement. And this was supposed to be probably in tribute to Charlie Daniels because he just recently passed away. I would assume, but I'm sorry. You can't take that. That is a classic song that only that man should sing. Was the devil at least cute? No. No. I I already tortured myself watching the whole video (laughs) for the sake of this podcast. You watched the whole thing? Yes. I thought maybe Chad Kroger would like make an appearance in it at some point. devotion. Yeah. I'll send you the link so you can watch it. I'm okay. I'm just saying. I heard enough. (laughs) (laughs) So that was it. All I was trying to prove was that he's not the ugliest man in rock music. There are far worst looking musicians that are out there was all I was saying. I don't mind a Nickelback song here and Mm. there, but I'm not like going to the concerts. People are going to start sending you Nickelback (laughs) t-shirts. You know what? I'll wear them. I'm just saying you had sent me that screenshot. And so I was like, what is this about? Because I haven't heard any like new awful Nickelback songs on the radio. So I Googled it and I was like, oh, no, no. But if they're so awful, why are they on the radio? You think about that. They are not on radio stations I listen to. Well, you were just wondering where they were. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Enough about Chad Kroger. Never. I have. Never? I mean, I'll continue to make fun of it. Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, maybe you're switching sides here. Mm -mm. I received the most fantastic, beautiful Instagram message (laughs) that is going to make you so fucking excited. Is it another big clit? No, no. This is even better. Oh, okay. This is better. I'm I'm here for it. This is better than big clit. This is better than arm dick guy. What? These are big shoes to fill. Better than dog food. Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) So Morgan sent us a message and she said, did you guys ever see the article about the man with two penises oh yes i have never i have seen this what and you have never told me about this i just didn't i guess it didn't occur to me and they're both functioning we're talking about a man who grew an arm dick how have you not snuck across your mind yeah and they're both functioning dicks so she says when you guys were talking about the guy who grew a dick on his arm it made me think of this guy and I, I geeked out. I got so excited. And I was like, bloop, go straight to this page, right? <laughs> One man has two fully functional penises. Mm-hmm. He goes by Defalic Dude or Double Dick Dude, which morphed into DDD, which is awesome. <laughs> he wants to keep his private, his identity, not his privates. She's Melinda. <laughs> He wants to keep his privates private. (laughs) He wants to keep his real identity private, but he's an American man in his mid-20s and he lives on the East Coast. Why would you want to keep your identity private? Can you imagine how much money you can make in porn? If that were me, I had two dicks. Oh my God, I would would show everybody. He released a book called Double Header, My Life with Two Penises. It was released on Christmas Day. It was a number one (laughs) bestseller on Kindle, which I'm going to read this. But basically, when he was growing up, his parents told him to keep his condition private, not tell other children. He said that first he thought to keep the secret so he didn't make other boys feel bad for only having one. (laughs) Well, I got two. You only have one of those? And it wasn't until he was a teenager that he realized that he might have been the one getting ridiculed for being different, blah, 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 blah. But there are actually pictures. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that you know I'm here for damn pictures, right? Yeah. I could not believe this. But, you know, you've heard of people who are born with, like, the male part and the female part. And, I mean, they're pretty sizable (laughs) dicks, too. You know? Some big old balls to go with them. Well, you have to understand that. You know, if he's going to – he probably has four balls in there, right? (laughs) I don't know. It looks like there's only two, but – you know, I love that he's got a tape measure next to his dick. <laughs> this might have been the same culprit as the six-incher. No. I don't know. I mean, he's got a full eight inches going on here, and I don't think they're fully hard yet. <laughs> can you imagine the possibilities, though? Like, I wonder if he can, like, 
ejaculate at the same time out of both of them or does like one come and then the other one comes you know like mm-hmm. so like ugh. or is it simultaneous is right it, yeah can you like could you fit two girls on each dick like one of them like they have their backs to each other and they're both riding one dick right and, you know I mean, the, the possibilities are endless endless or like if it's just one girl she, she can be sucking one and giving the other one a hand job you know like but what i loved the most about this was he circumcised on both penises yeah well yeah that's funny to get me. them both done at the same time <laughs> <laughs> i don't know why this man wants his identity like if if i was a dude and i had two big old dicks oh mm, I, I wouldn't no Mm-mm. i just you're it's a missed opportunity to make a shit ton of money of money yeah i mean even if he wanted to he could probably do porn with masks on and right. still people wouldn't care no right can you imagine going on a first date with this guy and not knowing what he's got going on in his pants <laughs> and you unearthed Two big old cocks. I. What would you do? Would you run or would you be like, this is fun? I can tell you what I'd say. This is fun. (laughs) (laughs) And no one is surprised by that answer. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I think I I would be intimidated. I don't know what I I I am speechless. I don't know how to answer this question. (laughs) You'd never be able to say again in your life. That met a man with two dicks. I mean, you can say it, but that doesn't mean I have to say that I slept with a man with two dicks. I'm picturing young single Melinda, young single Gina, and you encounter this. Obviously, not I'd, like again. Now. I'd have to say, how drunk am I? <laughs> because if I'm sober, I think I would be intimidated. But if I was drunk, well, yeah, who knows? Well, and if you were real drunk, you'd be like, am I seeing double? <laughs> Whoa! Wow. <laughs> Well, since we are on the topic of penises, I... Oh, you already are done leaving this topic? I am not done leaving this topic because he has a Twitter account. Okay, his name is Double Dick Dude or Diphallic Dude, which I believe is the real term. (laughs) Diphallic? Diphallic. Sounds right. But he has on here, someone had made him like fan art. Yes. He has like dedicated fans. Well, <laughs> what's going on with his butthole? Oh, well, and clearly that's not his face because, yeah, it looks like his butthole's a vagina. It's just exploded open. Yeah. I don't know anything about this man, so who knows? Maybe there's more to his story. I don't know. You'll have to read the book. I don't think that Instagram will allow us to post the picture of his double dicks. But hey, Twitter, we can put us post it on our Twitter. <laughs> Twitter lets us do whatever we want. <laughs> they do. I don't know why Instagram doesn't let you post stuff like that. But. See, people are writing on here. He can do both holes at once. I want to ride both. Wonder if they ever fight. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this dude is too, and I've only got a nub. Hardly seems fair. Oh. <laughs> can you imagine if you were a man with a micro penis and your wife left you for a man with two big dicks? <laughs> well, understandably so. <laughs> You can't be mad. I mean, you can't be mad. That'd be like leaving a woman with like four boobs, you know? Right. <laughs> oh man. Are you okay. are you are you officially done? I think so. Okay. It may come up again. It may. <laughs> I may. I may bring it. See what I did there. <laughs> I wonder if he pees out of both of them. Mm. Good question. Yeah, like right? at the same time, does he have to pee out of both of them? Right. Does one only go pee right so many questions because if they're both fully functioning you would think they could both come and pee right you just like hold a fistful of dick and but like pee. i wonder if it's for coming that it has to be you probably i bet you can do it at different times i i would think so because they it, each dick has to be stimulated right like mm-hmm. you can't like Suck on one dick and expect the other to come, I would think. I don't know. My mind's going a million. But that would be an awesome magic trick. (laughs) Somehow, since we have talked so much about animals, penises, and relations for whatever reason. (laughs) (laughs) I sound so gross. Like, we're sickos right now. But we've talked about, you know. (laughs) 
we've talked about the dolphin relations and then the duck dick. Maybe my Google search is trying to help me, but somehow I found out about an echinita. Oh, know. that pokey looking thing? Yeah. Well, it has a four-headed penis. Whoa. <laughs> Odd we went from two dicks to four heads. <laughs> <laughs> Odd penises aren't unique in the animal world, and to the animals sporting them, of course, they're not odd at all. And I didn't know this either. Snakes have two half penises that join when it's time to mate. What? Did not know that. I didn't know that either. I actually have never thought about snake genitalia. I have not either. Honestly, I didn't know snakes had genitalia. Well, how do you think they reproduce? I don't know. Like, Like, you know how a chicken has like a cochlea or whatever? It's like a pussy and a butthole or... I don't know. I hope they have a pussy and a butthole. Well, no, it's just one hole (laughs) called the cochlea. And I don't know if that's technically like a sex organ. I don't know. (laughs) If somebody knows more about this, please fill us in. My Google search history can only take so much. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) explode. Sea slug penises are disposable. Oh, sea slugs are so Mm -hmm. gross. Cat penises are Don't barbed. drink that seawater then, man. You're just choking down some disposable yeah. wiener. Well, don't need this anymore. I'll check it out. <laughs> just like our... Like the arm dick guy. <laughs> he just threw his blackened nub away. <sighs> but the echnida, often called a spine, spiny anteater, tops them all. The Australia area native sports a single shaft with four heads, each one capable of ejaculation. Only two of the heads function at any given time, though. How are these things not running the world right now? (laughs) And you get ahead, and you You get get ahead, and you (laughs) everybody gets ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this only makes sense because the female echnida has only two vaginas. During copulation, one side of the penis is inactive, its two heads retracted, while the other side is ready to fertilize the female's eggs. After ejaculation, the male ignita activates the other side and repeats the process. Hey, well, at least she's getting extra pleasured. Yeah. Right? The animal (laughs) world is crazy. God, the stuff that we freaking talk about, I swear to God, is just too funny. (laughs) There's more in the article, but basically it says it, it's this probably, you know, is because it increases the odds that any one ignita passing along its genes and it makes, probably makes it easier to procreate. I see. So if the first two heads don't, Dick's head don't the get other it done. Maybe will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just going to keep talking about genitalia because I have another <laughs> <No>. genitalia story. <laughs> There is this man from Croatia. His name is Nevin Siganovac. He always wanted to look like a male Bratz doll. He wanted to have a very small nose, high cheeks, and big lips. Oh, no. Over time, he, you know, had uh, a shit ton of plastic surgery done. But in 2017, he went under to get a nose job. To correct his septum, and he was left with the inability to get an erection. Oh no, that is insane! From no surgery. From well, I don't. I think maybe it was the straw that broke the camel's back, sort of thing. Where like maybe he had too many. Too he went many too surgeries, far. Yeah. But so he says when he woke up from surgery, he needed to be operated on a further three times in effort to get. Well, first he had a. I, I'm sorry, I said this wrong. First he had. An erection that wouldn't go away. Oh. Then they went and had more surgeries to help him get rid of the erection. Now, see, would you rather have an erection 24-7 or but, not be able to ever have an erection? Right. But I think I think it's like all the time, though. Still. It's got to be uncomfortable after a while. But would you rather, would you rather, come on, have an erection all the time? Or I mean, never I'd be able to have one. I'd like to have an erection one time and know what that feels like, so. <laughs> I mean, I'd have to say I would choose to have one all the time, because if you could never get your dick hard, that would fucking suck. Yeah, but like you, you ha- you're like walking across a playground and you have an erection, you're going to go to jail. No, you can get, you can learn how to hide it, <laughs> you know. Rubber band it to your leg. Yeah, or wear like fat man pants or something, you know, where it just looks like you're have a diaper on or something. I don't know. A diaper. 
So you're <laughs> you could wear a diaper. You have an erection. You're wearing a diaper, and you're going to a playground. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it just made it sound really bad. Exactly. So you're like, well, you don't show anyone you're wearing a diaper. You keep it in your pants, literally. Well, what if you stretch and the tip of the diaper pokes out a little bit? <laughs> oh my god yeah so there's a a really long article about it but he suffered from depression after his erection problem was fixed there's no amount of plastic surgery that's worth that is there a picture of what this man looks like now oh yeah there's plenty of pictures of this guy so i'll show you these right here oh my god and if you scroll down there's one of him in a speedo for your viewing pleasure he looks like a comic cartoon right and look here's the before picture there was nothing wrong with the way he looked that picture makes him look like dracula oh he looks like gomez yeah gomez from adam's family Family, yeah but he looks better like that than he does Uh, i don't know i think i might be on board with the tiny nose oh my god he looks scary he looks like a a living cartoon character or that's what he was going for he was going to look like a brat style that would scare me so bad i'd have nightmares (laughs) He reminds me of like a one of those like puppets from like Team America or whatever. Yes, that's what exactly he looks like. what he looks like. Yes, and that is very scary to me because you know how yes. I feel about those things. But he's Ooh. he's uh, made a living going around talking about the dangers of plastic surgery and looking like a weirdo. I don't think he's that bad looking. I mean, he looks like one of those puppets. Okay, but I mean he's not like hideous. Makes looking. me want to throw up. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> What happened to you being kind, being like, he's not my type? Uh-huh. If he looks like a marionette puppet. Yeah. See, the truth comes out. You can't be nice for too long. Look, he look, – I no, no. I was nice. I said when he was before all the surgery, I go, he looked completely fine, completely normal. The, this man did this to himself. There's a difference. Okay. I'll let you have that difference. Okay. But let me have it because I was nice. I don't think I don't. I personally don't think he's that bad looking now. Well, you don't have a phobia of puppets. <laughs> oh God! Does he have his dick hard with a towel on it? There is that what's happening? Yes, and it looks like he has a tattoo of Jesus with ripped abs on his lot, his leg too. Oh man, there's yeah. so much going on here that's terrifying me. Yeah. Well, at least we're not having to see his 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 man bits. <laughs> Oh, my God. I think I just read it wrong. Like, he can get an erection now, but the problem was is that he had a full erection for almost three months. Oh, okay. I thought he had it, and then he had surgeries, and then he couldn't get hard, but I guess I I read that wrong. Blonde moment. (laughs) Good Lord. (laughs) That's what we're here for. I guess. Maybe it's the the wine. I don't know how to read anymore. (laughs) But he says, even now after this complication, I'm happy because my erection lasts much longer than most guys. So, well, there you go. I don't know. What are the dangers then, sir? What What is this danger that you're talking about? His face still creeps me out the way he looks like a puppet. So it would be a hard pass for me. He pulls out his wiener. It's like, what would you do, Gina? I would run. Fast as I could. And then he uses his puppet strings and ties you up Ugh. with them. He gets you. No. He gets you good. Yeah. All right. We'll get away from all the genital talking for this episode. Okay, we were just Maybe. getting on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> so I have um, a true crime story today, which today's episode is true crime. I don't think we said that. Well, because we always forget because we start talking about dicks and animal dicks, four-headed monsters. <laughs> September 17, 1996, the body of 26-year-old Christine Vu was found, face down in a half-filled tub inside her Arlington, Texas apartment. Her ankles, hands, and neck were wrapped in duct tape. The autopsy had showed that she had been raped, strangled, and then drowned. No. They were able to collect DNA from her body and locate a fingerprint and dust from her apartment. December 24th, so just a few months later, The body of 20-year-old Wendy Prescott was found because her aunt and uncle called her and they started panicking when she didn't show up for a shopping trip. They found her inside her apartment in a bathtub, face down with her neck, wrists, and ankles wrapped in duct tape. The duct tape was also connected down her back by a band 
of more duct tape. She had been raped and tied up like this before she was strangled to death. So we have two very, very similar murders. Similar cases, yeah. Inside her apartment, they were able to locate a fingerprint. And remember, this is 90s. The fingerprint was found on a TV stand, and they were also able to get some sperm samples. But they weren't doing DNA yet in this time, were they, in the early 90s? I can't remember. They were able to collect it, but I don't think they were fully advanced with DNA on it. But I think they could do some stuff, but I don't, what I think their database wasn't big yet. Okay. The only connection between these two women was that they lived in the same apartment complex. So now I'm going to focus on one woman in particular. Her name was Adrienne Fields. She lived in Fort Worth, Texas, and she turned on the TV one day and she saw that there was a serial killer on the loose because she heard about these two murders. Adrienne worked at a post office. She was 22, single, no kids, and just enjoying her life. She had an apartment downtown. She'd have her friends over all the time. Uh, They liked going out. She liked making new friends. They'd party at clubs, like a typical 22-year-old. Right. One night, she got off work, and this is when she heard the news about the serial murderer and rapist that was on the loose. Both women, um, which I talked about earlier, had lived alone in their apartments. And she lived in the same apartment complex as them? No. No. Okay. But it the other two did. He kept going, and one of the, the murders that happened was 15 minutes from her apartment. And it started getting into her head. She was freaking out. This is going to happen to me next. And she just was constantly living in fear, like, he's going to get me. He, This guy is going to get me. Oh, that's terrible. So she called her best friend and told her that she was freaking out about it. Her best friend tried to calm her down and told her, just because this happened doesn't mean it's going to happen to you specifically. But Adrian just could not get over the fact that this killer was on the loose and somehow she knew that she was on this guy's agenda to be a next victim. She couldn't sleep in the darkness. She'd have to have a light on. And a lot of nights she'd sleep in the living room on the couch. She kept checking the locks all the time. She'd had friends spend the night. Her sister, Franita, was always the person that she would call to say, be like, I'm going to be his next victim. Like, even her friends were like, you're going crazy about this. Yeah, like you're obsessing over this. Two weeks later, Adrian called Franita and was like, I know he's going to come get me. Please help me. She was in panic she was freaking out and franita was like listen like you need to relax you're like you're putting it out there in the universe and adrian just knew she was next so her next thing to do was like she, she's like i have to get out of this apartment building i need to move somewhere where i feel safe or buy a gun shoot yeah that's true Go buy some self-protection so she decided to move and at her new apartment she started feeling safe again she loved her new apartment she started getting a little bit more calm about everything now with the killer, the uh, there was no identification on the killer whatsoever. There was no description, but they tried to put a profile together on him. So they knew he was a, a predator, a sexual predator. He was violent. He would plan out his attacks. He was very criminally smart. And they had thought that he must have some sort of criminal background. They did have the DNA and a fingerprint, but it wasn't enough evidence for the 90s also part of the problem was there was no name to use to compare the dna at the time like they didn't have any suspects at all Mm -hmm. so time is going on and while the police are doing all their legwork that they can do it's kind of like run cold for them and adrian starts getting that same feeling again that she was being she was going to be next she was thinking that she was being watched and that there was a killer that was coming for her her friends again are like you're just being paranoid adrian was like i know i'm right even if i can't explain this to you she started driving different routes from home from work she was always on the lookout like her friends just started losing their patience with her and were like we can't be around you if this is all you're going to focus on which i can imagine it being hard but i don't know if i could live alone then I'd have to have a roommate or something that's going to make you feel a little bit better. Going from living alone one place to living alone another place. You're still living alone. Yeah, you're not kind of solving that problem. Well, and I, why wouldn't you go get a gun? Go take a class. Or move, you know, (laughs) like move out of the city. I don't know. There's all those classes you can take now, you know, especially as as females that are less comfortable with holding a weapon or gun. You can take Mm -hmm. a class, you know, get your concealed carry, learn how to safely shoot a weapon. Be comfortable around it. Yeah. So that way, if you really feel that way, you have something, you know, that you can use. Right. She was taking all these crazy routes to and home and from home, and she was certain that this killer was following her. 
Shima Benson was an aspiring actress. She was beautiful and uh, she was in college. She was in her sorority house sleeping and this guy broke in. It was a brutal attack is what the police officer said. He had punched her. He was beating her. She started fighting back. He demanded oral sex from her. And when she went down on him, she bit his dick. Good. Awesome. So he freaked out and he fled the house and she survived. Because of her surviving, the investigators got a huge break in the case because the DNA from her also matched the DNA found in the cases of Christine Vu and Wendy Prescott. She was also able to describe him. She said he was uh, darker skinned, stocky build, late 20s, clean cut. So Adrian hears about this case now, and she starts really going off the rails, getting even more anxious, and she called her sister, and she said, someone is following me home. One night, she went out to get her mail. It was dark, and she swore that she heard someone close to her. But while all this is going on, she's like, I can feel myself going crazy over this killer. No one, nothing was making her feel safe. She starts thinking back, like, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so out of control? And when she was a child, she was molested. And she started thinking that that was probably what was causing her to to spin out of control and feeling like her own life right now was not in her own control. Mm, That's so sad. Horrible. Yeah. I keep going back and forth between the police and Adrian's story, but I'm trying to make it a timeline here. Okay. Police have better evidence now, but they knew he would attack again. And unfortunately, in a lot of these cases, in order for them to find somebody, they need them to attack again, which is terrible, right? But what was good was the police started talking with other bureaus to try to coordinate the evidence with people in their database. Going back to Adrian, one day she woke up and she was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done living in fear. So she sat down. She wrote herself a long letter and tried to make herself believe she could start new. She called her sister and her mom. They talked on a three-way call and she said that, like basically told them of her plan of how she's going to get over this and and start her life new and stop freaking out and worrying. They asked, uh, Fernita, her sister said, do you want my sons to come over and sleep the night with you? And she said, no. She's like, I'm turning the lights off. I'm going to make myself go get some sleep. That night while Adrian slept, the killer slid her patio door open and she woke to heavy breathing. She laid in bed pleading with God and was hoping she was dreaming. He went into her bedroom. Her back was to the door. She opened her eyes and she sees a man running at her. She pleaded with him not to hurt her. He covered her mouth and told her to be quiet. He then jabbed a gun into her back and he started beating the shit out of her. He was punching her repeatedly in her face. And in Adrian's head, she said that she just kept practicing over that whole time when she was freaking out. She had practiced, if he comes and gets me, what am I going to do if this happens to me? She said, which we have talked about before, I'm going to just say, go ahead and do what you want, right? Remember we talked about this? Like if somebody's like raping you, if you act like it's okay, maybe they won't kill you. I I mean, I don't know. Like you take the fun out of it. Right. The thrill of like torturing someone. If you're like, go ahead, just do whatever. Please leave me alone afterwards. It might Mm -hmm. not be as exciting or fun or whatever. She said that in her head, she always felt like she was ready if he was going to come get her, but... Which is still terrible. Even thinking you oh, have God. to do that right. is so terrible. Terrible. Ugh. But while this is happening to her, she's like, I was not ready. His face was covered by like a nylon stocking and she starts screaming loudly. But she said he was so calm and calculated and he asked, why, why are you looking at the window? And she's like, well, my friend's coming over. And he goes, no one is coming over here. So he knew her routine. Ugh. He asked her name. She said her name was Sarah. And he was like, how about we call you Adrian? So (gasps) he knew her name. And she goes, why are you doing this? And what he said is so creepy to me. But he says, the devil made me do it. Oh. She was trying to figure out how to get out of his grasp. And that's when he started raping her. While he's raping her, she asked if he had done this before. He told her, basically, I want you to do it like there is no tomorrow. And she said, is there a tomorrow? And he just sat there and paused. And he said, yes. She goes, you promise? He said, I promise. And then when he was done, he got up and he left. Oh, my gosh. As soon as he left, she called 911. Then she called her mom and told her what had happened. And she was just like, I knew it. I knew this was going to happen. I knew this was going to happen. 
while her va- her case is getting investigated, they were able to get a better profile because she sat and talked to him basically through everything. So they had a, a better understanding. Understanding, thank yeah. you. A better understanding of what his MO was. It was clear to the police that he had targeted his victims. Adrian was also able to get valuable evidence from his conversation for his psyche. After the attack, Adrian got very quiet. She became depressed. She couldn't sleep at night. She kept reliving the rape. She couldn't be home alone. She would go by her sister's house during the day. Her sister even said like she'd bring her food and sometimes she'd eat, sometimes she wouldn't. That's so sad. Adrian went and sought out counseling. And then three months go by and there's still no evidence, no break in the case. They have no suspect besides the DNA and the fingerprint, but most of it's because they couldn't find him in the criminal database. So one night, Adrian's friend says, hey, you know what? We need to shake this out of you. Let's go to the club. We love going there. And she said she was like super weary. She didn't know if she really wanted to go, but she's like, you know what? You're right. I need to get out of the house. But she was like- Try to live a normal life. Right. But she was like- Once I'm at the club, nobody better be trying to talk to me, date me, anything like that. I'm not here for it. So they go to the club. The club was packed. And they're having fun. They're dancing. All of a sudden, she gets this weird feeling. And she's like, he's here. The rapist is here. Oh, my gosh. Does this girl have like a sixth sense or something? She told her friend, we need to leave. He's here. I can just feel his presence. August of 2000, the police get a breakthrough. The database had expanded, and they resubmitted the fingerprints through it, and they got a match to a name, Dale Chinette. They knew they had him. They finally figured out how he targeted his victims. He was a bouncer at that club. Oh, my gosh. He would find his victims there. He would have access to their IDs, credit cards, and then Where he would they stop lived. them. Yeah, because your ID has your address on it. Mm-hmm. Adrian testified against Dale in court. She said that he was just looking at her like, I should have killed you. He was convicted of capital murder on February 10th, 2009. So nine years later, after they get the breakthrough, he was killed by lethal injection at the age of 35. Good. He is nicknamed the bathtub killer because that was his MO. But a few things that I found really interesting about him... His fingerprints were in the database as of May uh, 1999 because he had gotten in trouble and served 12 months for criminal mischief. I could not find out what the criminal mischief was. He was also linked to four other assaults. His final words were, my only statement is that no case ever tried have been error-free. Those are my words. No cases are error-free. How fucking creepy though. Like you're just a woman going to a club uh-huh. And the violation there of, you know, the bouncer having that access that you have to show them. You have to show them your ID to get in. Mm-hmm. But it almost makes you think like maybe our identification for going out should be different because you never know who's crazy. Right. Who's capable of this stuff. Ugh. I thought that was awesome because she used her wits to survive. Yeah. How crazy, though. Like I said, she must have had some sort of like sixth sense. Like she knew. Mm -hmm. And then she knew at the club that he was there. Like that's bizarro to me. Not only the fact that somebody was following her, but that's who it was too, was this killer. Yeah. Because he had seen her at the club before, Mm -hmm. knows her address, had already stalked her. Yeah. Wild. But she was able to move on and she has a daughter and she's, you know, her daughter is her life. And it was, it was really good show that i watched that's good because that was going to be my next question was i hope that she recovered after that after he you know went to jail and was i watched a show called surviving evil which i have to say the show itself wasn't very good i don't care for there's a i i know what show you're talking about i don't care for the way they're narrated yes there's a little too much like acting and stuff in Mm -hmm. it versus more fact based Mm -hmm. you know like just whatever i prefer the ones where like the detectives you know are being interviewed that were part of the case and you know even if like the family members are there like i like like the dateline 2020s those are always Mm -hmm. good fbi files we all know that's our jam Mm -hmm. Forensic files? Or for, what did I say? FBI, FBI files? files. <laughs> Whoops. Lots of blonde moments today. Yeah, we're we're screwing up here. Forensic Damn files. Damn you, cheap wine. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's so many on Netflix. Like, so many. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Well, I'm glad they caught him and killed his ass. Lethal injection. Yeah, I'm glad that she was able to use her 
smarts and wits and had thought about it to be able to survive and be able to give them the missing pieces that they needed to So that have, he didn't do it again. Yes. And find the murderer of Wendy and Christine. Well, and that had to have been why he didn't kill her too, right? Because she was talking to him or, mm-hmm. or maybe, shit, I don't know. He probably, you know, he probably, and I'm obviously talking for someone who's dead and evil that I don't know anything about, but he probably didn't look at those women as real humans. And so the fact that she was engaging with con- in conversation probably changed. I mean, who knows how long the whole interaction went on for. And it kind of seemed like the other woman who survived, Shima Benson, because she, you know, bit his dick. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, it's like using whatever you got. I mean, you're you're fighting for your life there. So it's like use whatever you have. I mean, yeah. how stupid of a person are you to ask for oral sex when you're making somebody do it? Like, yeah, I would have done the same thing. I would have bit as yeah. hard as I could. I, so it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have. Oh, God. But thank God she did that, too. She survived. I mean, I ugh, it's just terrible. And to think of, like, how brutal he attacked those other women. Yeah. Listen <sighs> to your gut, ladies. For sure. Mm-hmm. Listen to your gut. Ooh. All right. Well, I guess I'll move on to mine. Okay. My true crime story. It's like you never know what I'm going to talk about. I don't. <laughs> so... ever ever not even just for true crime (laughs) it's like i never know what you're gonna go about you never know what's gonna come out of my mouth so mine it actually made me think about it because my daughter over the weekend was talking to me about siren head and i was like what i don't know what that is i didn't either i was like who is siren head you know and we've talked about like you know the youtube and things like that which by the way i keep getting so many notifications from youtube to watch new videos of will it flush oh no <laughs> today it was like skittles and blueberries will it flush oh, god <laughs> and you watched it i'm hooked <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> so anyways, I'm like, no. I'm like, who is Siren Head? Siren Head is a thin, 40-foot-tall, mummified creature that has two air raid-like sirens on its head that are rumored to blast out a variety of disturbing sounds such as strange music, number station recordings, tornado sirens, national emergency broadcasts, police radio recordings, and snippets of human conversations. But what makes Siren Head even more disturbing is that he can even broadcast his victim's final moments. He is known and capable to lure people towards him by imitating their loved ones. His arms stretch down to his feet and are known for snatching his victims in the woods because of its long, lanky, wood-like legs. So this is reminiscent of Slender Man. That's where I'm going with it. Okay. Because I'm like, this is immediately what it made me think of. But so this is somebody that's on YouTube. There's like YouTube videos of Siren Head. So apparently Siren Head has been making his debut in like TikToks and things like that. And there's some YouTube videos. But, you know, TikToks are like all the rage now, too. I mean, this is exactly like Slender Man to me then. Yes. Yeah. So I had thought about this, and this is immediately what it made me think of. So, of course, I had a conversation with my daughter. I'm like, you understand that this is not real. If anyone tells you this is real, like, it's it's just a fictional thing. And so there's like this thing that'll say his skin looks like rusty metal, but is actually dried and mummified skin. And there's like a whole thing that explains, you know, what Siren Oh, had. he looks like something from Stranger Things or yeah. I don't even know. But he doesn't have like any real head. It's literally no. like your to- tornado siren. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then there's like pictures of him in the wild and stuff. Wow. I looked it up. There's even like videos and stuff where they make animated films of him killing people and stuff. It's bizarro. So yes. And where did he derive from? Like <sighs> what crazy the, planet? Yeah, somewhere on the internet. Like who knows? I don't know. It, it's even on Urban Dictionary. Like that's where I read this definition of Siren Head was on Urban Dictionary. So it's it's out there all over the place. That's like that one other thing that MoMA, MoMA, do you remember that YouTube thing going around? Oh, yeah, where it was like a video of this girl and then she would come kill you Uh or something. Yeah, just so bizarre. So, yes, this brings me to the Slender Man case, which happened in Waukesha, Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. which is right in our back door here. And if you don't remember what Slender Man, he was on this creepy pasta something, like he was a a made-up thing as well, too. But they... 
believe that Slender Man, you know, would have these proxies that were like these kids that would become, I, and I don't know exactly what a proxy did, but they would like live in his mansion or whatever. Slender Man is a tall, thin character. He had a featureless white face and head. He was always depicted wearing a black suit and is sometimes shown with tentacles growing out of his back. And according to the Slender Man like myths, um, he can cause amnesia, bouts of coughing and paranoid behavior in individuals, and he stalks children to become his proxies. Mm-hmm. Bizarro, right? Yeah. Like, but in this case, these twelve-year-old girls really believed that Slender Man was real, which led up to all of this happening. Um, so this happened on May thirty-first. In 2014, it actually happened. Uh, The victim was Peyton Lutner, and I'm sure so many people know of this case. Mm -hmm. She did survive. I'll go ahead and... If you haven't heard it, I'm sorry. I'll root it for you right now. She did survive. Um, And Morgan Geiser and Anissa Wire were the 12-year-old girls who stabbed her. So I watched the 2020 actually on her now, Oh, which I thought was really interesting. I haven't seen that. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting, and it was a little bit more of her perspective now. She graduated high school this year. She uh, plans to attend college in the fall. Um, So she talks about the 12th birthday party where it all went down. Peyton said she had no idea that Morgan and Anissa had planned this. Now, these were like two of her best friends. Yes, and they were at Morgan's house for her 12th birthday party, for Morgan's 12th birthday party. So they had skated together earlier at a local roller rink and eaten frozen yogurt before the slumber party. And looking back, Peyton said that she thinks that she can recognize a glimpse of something feeling off that night. But that's just like her looking back now. She said something was strange because at all of our past sleepovers, Morgan always wanted to stay up all night because she could never do that at home. But on the night of the birthday party, she wanted to go to bed. When she looks back on it, she was like, this is really weird. Why didn't I see something? Why didn't I notice something weird? But she said she's not blaming herself because who could ever really see something like this coming? No, especially at 12 years old. So Morgan and Anissa later told investigators that they had planned to kill Peyton in her sleep that night, according to their police interviews, but they changed their plan to kill her the next morning at a nearby park. So Peyton remembered waking up. They had already gone downstairs on the computer, the other two girls. So she woke up and went down with them. We had donuts and then we went to the park. And then Peyton later said that it was Morgan's idea in the morning to go to the park and that normally Morgan wouldn't have been allowed to go with an adult, but because she was with friends and it was her birthday party, her mother had let the three girls go on their own. So once they got to the park, the plan to kill Peyton changed again. Anissa told investigators that she suggested they go for a walk to play hide and seek in the nearby woods. They just wanted to go on a walk, she said, Peyton said, and I didn't think much of it. It's just a walk. It's in Waukesha. What kind of bad stuff happens in Waukesha, Wisconsin? In the woods, as they prepared to start what Peyton thought would be a game of hide and seek, Anissa told Peyton to lay down. She told her to lie on the ground and cover herself in sticks and leaves and stuff to hide, like in a sense, for like this game of hide Mm -hmm. and seek. But it was really just a trick to get her down there. Once they got her down there with a kitchen knife, Anissa told investigators Morgan had brought from her home, Morgan repeatedly stabbed Peyton. 19 times they stabbed this girl. Jesus. Like, I can't even still wrap my head around how two 12-year-old girls. Yeah. And I mean, I can't remember the name of the... Maybe it was just Slenderman was the documentary I watched on HBO. They were just like normal little girls. Like, yeah. they weren't what you would describe or think little girls who could murder somebody would be like no they looked completely they had normal normal childhoods yeah they had parents that were involved in their lives Mm -hmm. that was one of the saddest things of watching these interviews too was the parents of Mm -hmm. anisa and morgan i mean god everything they've had to deal with too sure you know i mean of course peyton and her parents as well she was the victim but so they stabbed her. Uh, they left her alone in the woods, injured and bleeding. I just can't believe she survived 19 stab wounds. I know. Peyton said she did what many believe she couldn't believe she had the strength to do. She pulled herself out of the woods and into the open where someone could find her. She said she got up, grabbed a couple trees for support, she thought, and then just walked until she hit a patch of grass where she could just lay down. And then it was there at the end of the road that a cyclist uh, found her and called 911. Then police and EMT workers arrived, and then she said her focus like kind of faded in and out while in the ambulance, and she thinks now that she couldn't focus much because her body was working so hard to keep itself alive. Mm -hmm. Like, vision just isn't a priority right now. 
So and she's, I'm sure, losing a lot of blood. Yeah. I can't even imagine this poor girl. So she gets to the hospital and she said she remembers seeing her mother and the nurses as they're counting her wounds, her arms and legs, and they're all over ab- abdomen, covered in stab wounds. Um, they performed emergency surgery. They were shocked at her critical injuries. The stab wounds she'd suffered to her arms and legs had only damaged soft tissue, but the two to her torso had hit major organs. One had cut through her diaphragm, damaging her liver and stomach. The other had nearly penetrated her heart and missed a major artery by less than a millimeter. They said nothing. Nothing. If the knife had gone the width of a human hair further, Mm -hmm. she wouldn't have lived. Mm -hmm. Like, what? That's so crazy to me. It it just wasn't meant to be, I guess. You know, thankfully for this little girl. I mean, that's the only way I can think of it. I just think, like, how would you ever trust people again oh that wasn't in your like inner circle yeah your like family you know i just because she talks about that too that's why that's kind of why i i I normally will kind of like take my own notes but this one i thought was really interesting because it was from her point of view Mm -hmm. which i think is something we don't actually really talk about much well we don't get that opportunity to yeah because a lot of times they're not survivors you know it's interesting we both had survivors today i was just gonna say that Mm -hmm. we both had survivor stories So after she awoke from her six hours of surgery, you know, Peyton was worried about where her attackers were. She said, the first thing I thought after I woke up was, did they get them? Are they here? Are they in custody? Are they still out? So she was relieved to hear that the police had captured both Morgan and Anissa. That probably made her feel relieved. How did they know it was was them? Was she able to say who it was? She wrote on whiteboards to communicate because she couldn't speak that much. She had the like the intubation tube in yeah. her lungs because she couldn't breathe on her own mm-hmm. for a while. Okay. So, but the police had already found them. I believe the police found Morgan and Anissa not that far. They were like by the highway somewhere because their plan was now that they had you know stabbed her nineteen times, they thought she was dead, and now they were going to this forest where Slenderman supposedly lived to be his proxies. Yes, because right, now that right. they had killed someone, now they're allowed to be his proxies. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. <laughs> Clearly, there's, I mean, there's mental issues going on there as well, too. But she said her recovery was difficult, both physically and emotionally. She was also very frightened after the attack. She slept in bed with her mother for a while because she didn't want to be alone at night. And she says that to this day, she sleeps with a pair of broken scissors under her pillow next to her, just in case. Oh, honey. To this day still. So, and then when Peyton learned why Morgan had stabbed her, she said she wasn't surprised by the motive that the girls had intended to kill her, you know, for Slender Man. Because after she heard that, she was like, well, that doesn't surprise me at all because they believed so hard in this Slender Man that they really would do anything for it. And then Morgan and Anissa immediately confessed to the attack when they were taken into police custody. Yeah, I was able to see in that documentary them like being interrogated. They were very like matter of fact. Yeah. Like, yeah, we killed her. One of them seemed more sad and concerned. Anissa. Yeah. I believe, yes. Morgan was just like, is she dead? Because, I mean, we tried to kill her. Yeah, I remember that. (sighs) So since the attack, Peyton has said that she has done her best to resume a normal life despite the notoriety of the case and the years of litigation. But trusting others, especially new friends, she said, has been particularly difficult after the attack. I I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. She has Because it happened when you were 12 years old. Yeah. Like, this is, like, murder. Yeah. I mean, middle school. You don't think about middle school kids trying to murder someone. She has friends, but initially, even with those friends, she's kept them at an arm's length. And for a long time, even trusting family members was hard for her. Sure. They diagnosed Morgan with uh, early onset schizophrenia. Like now she's like a full on schizophrenic. So Morgan's uh, dad also had schizophrenia. And uh, Peyton's mom was initially like upset for a while because she thought that maybe they were in denial or ignoring that. But then Stacy Lutner, Peyton's mom, said she's not angry anymore because she recognizes that they're all going through their own hell. Like mm-hmm. those parents are going through their own hell too. They were both charged in adult court with first degree attempted intentional homicide after the attack. 
Uh, Anissa pled guilty to a lesser charge and was found by a jury to be not guilty by mental disease or defect in 2017. Morgan pled guilty to her first degree charges against her in 2018 as part of her plea agreement with the prosecutors. Morgan was convicted but found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect. Both the girls were each sentenced to up to 25 years and up to 40 years, respectively, in a mental health institution. Oh, man. That's a heavy one. Yeah. And I, it happened so close to home here for us. And it makes you think as a parent, like even Peyton's mom, never in a million years did she think that her daughter going to a sleepover that night, that her friends were going to stab her. For sure. And I mean, not only that, but like you took the, the good steps to talk to your daughter about Siren Head being like, you know, this is fake, right? Like, yes. How, and, and I, obviously, I don't have grown children, but. How is your child that obsessed with something and you have no idea about it? Yeah. To like, I mean, how do you not look into that and realize what that person is capable of and how obsessed your child is with it? With that. Yeah. I mean, you're not talking about, you know, Paw Patrol. You're right. talking about somebody who has proxies to kill people. Yeah. And that's when this siren head story like triggered me to talk about Mm -hmm. it because I originally had a different true crime to talk about. But I mean, you just you have to be aware of the things that your children are interested in and the things that your children are doing, watching. You know, 100%. I think that, yeah, you want to let your children, especially at 12 years old, have some privacy and stuff like that. But you still need to take an active interest in the things that they're actively interested in. Yeah. You know what I do? I look at the history. Yeah, I think on that's their YouTube and things like that. It's fantastic, and I understand your your child having privacy. I get that, mm-hmm. but you still have to be a parent. Yeah, absolutely. You have to engage in like what they're into, what they're watching. Like, I've you know made jokes about all these YouTube videos that my daughter watches, but it's important to know what they're watching for sure. I could care less if you're watching about how to you know paint a squishy or playing Granny's house or whatever you know, but. I don't want her like obsessed with Slender Man. And to me, the siren head is just like a new Slender Man. Exactly. It's the first thing that popped up in my head when yeah. you were talking about And there'll it. be something else, mm-hmm. you know. There'll be another something else besides Siren Head or Slender Man that comes up in the future, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, I mean, especially this day and age, I feel with social media, everything is just at children's fingertips. Mm-hmm. And there still needs to be parental controls and things that your kids still at 12 years old probably don't need to be watching stuff like that. No. You know, like 12 years old, somebody who kills people and to become obsessed with them. I don't know. I think I'm going to be probably a, a too strict of a parent. I don't yeah, because it's you want your children to have sleepovers and have fun with their friends, you know, but then you think about something like this and you're like, no, wow, n- none of these parents ever, ever thought that this was even possible. Just like we don't think it would be possible, you know. No, I mean, I'm not even kidding you. At 12 years old, I was still playing with Barbies. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was humping my pillow, but <laughs> but you weren't harming anybody. I wasn't harming anyone. Yeah, like just poor. Hey, did you hear Mr. Pillow Guy just got in a bunch of shit? The My Pillow Guy. No, not the My Pillow Guy. What did he do? <laughs> oh no, the world just isn't safe anymore. No, it's it's him though. He was the problem, I believe. I, have you seen the commercials too, where they sell the Giza sheets or whatever? <laughs> Uh-uh. It's like Giza. Oh, with the my pillow? Yeah. Yeah. They're like, get these Giza cotton sheets. So basically the my pillow guy was trying to say that he is a cure for coronavirus and it is in oleander plants. Now, if you know a white any- oleander isn't that deadly? It's poison. Yeah. Yes. So it was uh, Anderson Cooper went in on him <laughs> called him a snake oil salesman i mean because he was trying to sell like a serum yeah i don't know the whole ins and outs of it but basically <sighs> he's saying that it's a cure for it well my cure instead of my pillow yes i i felt you i got i picked up what you were putting down <laughs> I, we all want to find a cure for this bullshit because i am over it yes these poor kids going back to schools yeah having to wear masks all day and recesses changed and blah, 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 blah. like come on like it's a crazy crazy world that we live in i know i say that all the time but it really is a crazy world we live in it's right now. wild mm-hmm. and then you even have to think too okay once they have a vaccine for it whether you're a vaccinator or not it's going to be at least a year for everybody yeah. to have 
gotten the vaccine for it. And I mean, we're doomed for a while. For sure. And of course, I want everybody to be safe and healthy. But yeah, I'm over it. Over it. Yeah. Over it. You know, there's a couple of times where I'm like walking into a store. I'm like, shit. Yeah. And I have it in my purse. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm just over it. Yeah. Yeah. I just want everyone to be safe and healthy and the world to be normal again. Mm -hmm. That's what I want. (laughs) It's all I'm going to ask for Christmas this year. Yeah. And like whatever our normal is, it's just I want our normal back without COVID. Yes. And like we can fight our battles that we have going on without this whole mother nature is against us right now. It's a bunch of bullshit. We got enough damn problems. (sighs) Got enough problems around here. Yeah. Well, let's go back to talking about genitalia again because that's way more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Well, next week. We're going to do Mixed Bag of Nuts. Yes. We have so many stories that have been sent in. I know it hasn't been that long since we've done a Mixed Bag of Nuts, but we want to do you all proud and get your stories out there. We want to share y'all's stories because they are great. They are awesome. They're fantastic. We love you. Thank you. Yes. Also, if you have any ideas for future topics you'd like us to talk about, like the one listener had the idea for Urban Dictionary Uh Words, send those in to us. You can send them in, you know, to our Gmail, Blonde Moments Podcast at gmail.com. You can slide in our DMs. On the Instagram. Mm -hmm. Twitter, Facebook. We have it all. We probably use Instagram the most. But also, thank you so much. We've had and a slew of new listeners so y'all are getting the word out there thank you uh, we have some fun new stuff coming up on the horizon here we can't wait to share everything with you guys but um if you love what you're listening to still keep sharing telling your friends but if you can give us five beautiful stars on your podcast platform that you're listening to us at we greatly appreciate it we love you yes we thank you and then i'll end today on a blonde joke yes here for it A blonde crashed a helicopter. When the police officer asked why, she said, It got chilly in here, so I turned off the fan.